0: Welcome back to the Friday Faith Follow-Up. We are smack dab in the middle of our three-week mini series about marriage, and we have been talking this week about communication with our husband, one of the most common struggles in a marriage. And I really hope that you found um, episode 65 helpful. We talked through four of the big, really common barriers to communication in our marriage, a lot of which was just inside our own head, and we talked about specific strategies, ways that we can approach each of those four barriers so that we can change things, so that instead of getting stuck, we can move forward, so that instead of being negative, we can move in a positive direction. So um, if you haven't listened yet to episode 65, circle back, because one of those issues probably comes up at least once in a while in your marriage. And if you can work on it, if you can try some of those strategies, it is going to do nothing but bless and help and move your marriage forward, move your communication forward. And I did mention in that episode as well, a new resource that we have from Love Your People Well, the 40 Day Devotional on Communication in Your Marriage. So if this is something that you and your husband are trying to work on, maybe it's a struggle and you want it to improve, maybe communication's pretty good, but you want it to stay that way. You know, we can always go deeper. We can always grow closer. The 40 day devotional is going to be a really helpful resource. And you can find that at loveyourpeoplewell.com on the resources page. um, We have some other devotionals and other resources as well, but I did want to highlight that specifically as we're talking about communication. And today we're gonna to have a quick little episode, um, just for me to share with you my favorite marriage therapy communication technique. And I thought I thought of this actually because um, one of the girls in the Facebook group, gave, we you know every week we do different topics of like, hey, what's your favorite tip about marriage or parenting or different topics and. You know, yes, I have wisdom and insight that I want to share. That's why I have the podcast. (laughs) I have years of experience as a marriage and family therapist that can help so many people. But we all have ideas. We all have little life hacks or tips or tricks that help us. And so one of the girls shared a tip about how she tries to communicate with her husband And I just, I responded and I was like, that is like a classic marriage therapy intervention. I love it. It is like, it can be life-changing in a marriage. Um, So it was so fun to see her doing that and like sharing that tip with everybody else in the group. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. I'm going to bring that up when we dig into communication. So this is a, a strategy called... Um, and I don't, I don't know who invented this. I did not go back and like review all the research. I'm sure you can look it up online. Um, but it's typically called the speaker listener technique. So if you've heard of it before, um, you still might want to listen in because it's always good to have a refresher and I might explain it a little differently than the book you read it in or, um, or that whoever in the Facebook group or you know wherever you might've heard of it already, the speaker listener technique can be really helpful for improving communication with your husband. So I'm just gonna walk through the general idea of what this looks like, and then um, we will talk about a few kind of common pitfalls or like ways that we might struggle with it, so that if you do wanna try this with your husband, um, it's not weird, it's not gonna feel like a therapy session, but it probably will feel different because it'll be different. Um, So here's how the technique works. The idea is when you're having a conversation, Throughout the conversation, you're going to trade roles, but at any given time, one of you is the speaker and the other is the listener. And each of you has a distinct role. So the speaker obviously is speaking and is the goal of the speaker at that point in the conversation is to help the other person understand your point of view. So it might be that this might happen in an argument. It might just happen when you're talking about what should we have for dinner? Like it doesn't need to be Conflict and like big tension for this to be helpful. So, the speaker's goal is to help the listener understand what they're saying. What is their point of view? What is the point that they're making? And the listener's goal, their listener's purpose when they have this role is to adequately and accurately understand what the speaker is saying. So, that sounds pretty obvious, right? The speaker is speaking. I want you to understand my point of view. The listener is listening, but not just to hear the words, but to actually understand them and have a full grasp of whatever that point of view was. And in course of a conversation, you're going to go back and forth. There's not going to be one speaker, one listener. Once I have made a point and my husband understands that point and I know he understands it. Now we're going to flip roles and now it's his turn to share Okay, but this is what I think we should have for dinner, or this is how I'm thinking about how we should discipline the kids, or whatever the topic is. And now it's my turn to listen and try to understand and confirm that I understand before we swap roles again. So, in the course of a conversation, you're going back and forth many times. And yes, if you're just starting this type of technique, it might feel very forced. It might feel like you have to actually say, okay, my turn. I have the floor. I actually, in the therapy room, I have a little piece of paper that looks like a piece of tile and it is the floor. And if we're working on this technique, I will give you the floor and say, you are the speaker, you have the floor. The thing is, it doesn't mean you're the only one talking. It means you, your point of view is what we are focusing on right now. And until the listener can confirm that they understand that point of view, you don't give them the floor, (laughs) you don't hand over that, you know, the time to share that point of view. Um, So I'm hoping that this makes sense. You've got a speaker, you've got a listener, and you're going to continually swap roles throughout the conversation. The more that you do this, the more natural it feels like you are not necessarily in every conversation going to have to label, okay, I have the floor, let me share my point of view, you're the listener. It might at the beginning be helpful to label that, Um, especially if you really are intentionally working on this technique in your communication. Um, But more generally, you're probably just going to notice it. It'll be a thought process in your head and it'll become more and more and more natural. And you won't even think about it over the course of time. But the way that this would play out in the actual conversation is that if I'm the speaker, I'm going to tell my husband, now I'm just going to use this silly example about what should we have for dinner? (laughs) Because It's so basic and it's so simple. Um, But like I said, this can expand to far deeper and more important conversations. But as the speaker, I might say, you know, I've really been craving pizza. I just don't feel like cooking. How about we have pizza for dinner tonight? And my husband, if if he's really going to confirm he understands me, instead of jumping to, well, I really want ribs for dinner, not really feeling pizza. Before he does that, while he is still in the listener role, what he's going to do is basically repeat back to me or paraphrase back to me, summarize back to me what he heard me say. So I'm saying, oh, I just have this craving and I'm just, I don't feel like cooking. Let's get pizza tonight. And he's going to say, okay, you're really tired of cooking and you really want some pizza. And I'm going to say, yeah. And that's the end of my turn. Like, that's the end of me having the floor. He confirmed. He heard me. He understood me. Now it's his turn to say, well, I hear that. But, you know, we've had pizza the last three nights and I am just over it. I really could go for maybe some ribs. Now, what am I going to do as the listener? He just told me his point of view. And it's now my turn to say, you're tired of pizza and you really want ribs. And he says, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, did we solve the problem? No. Now we move forward and I might need to acknowledge like, you know, I really don't like ribs, but I feel you. We've had a lot of pizza lately. How about we go for uh, spaghetti? We've already got some in the pantry. We don't need to go to the store. It's really quick. How about spaghetti? And he might say, oh, yeah, spaghetti. I think that's a good idea. Let's go with that. And now the conversation's over. So this is obviously a bit of a silly example. Most likely when you're talking about what to have for dinner, you don't need to go to the level of of like everything you say the other person is summarizing back for you. But that's the idea of the speaker listener technique that I share my point of view. And before my husband shares his point of view, he has to summarize for me, has to tell me whatever summary to convince me he understands what I'm saying and probably not just repeat back the words. It really really where this hits home and goes deep in a marriage is when the listener cannot just repeat back, "Okay, you want pizza," but he can say he can be able to say, "Yeah, you're really busy all day with the kids and cooking at the end of a long day is just a little too much and you're really feeling the pizza." Like when you can add in that emotional component, "Why?" Do I hear you saying that you want this or what emotion might be attached to this point of view? That goes a long way, my friends, in the speaker feeling like you heard them. You might not agree with him. He still might not want pizza or whatever the topic is, but you get it. You understand what I'm saying. You've heard me. And now we can move forward in the conversation. It is a lot easier to switch roles for the speaker to now become the listener if I feel confident that you've actually heard me. I don't have to repeat myself. I don't have to argue my point because I know that you heard me the first time I said it. And now I have more emotional space, more brain space to listen to you. And now I'm using myself as the example of the speaker. I am not saying that it always needs to be the wife speaks first and the husband listens first. This can start wherever is appropriate for the conversation and and what works well for you and your husband. I'm just using this as an example. But I hope, my friends, that that technique makes sense. Yes, it's easy and probably a bit silly with an example like, what are we having for dinner? But I'm sure you can imagine how helpful would this be when you and your husband are maybe on different pages about how to discipline your kids and you're trying to talk that through. A lot of emotion can come up. A lot of baggage can come up. And if you can slow it down enough to include... That little element along the way of the listener confirming, I heard you, I understand you. Now I can share my point of view. I might not agree with you. We're moving forward in the conversation. That can go a long way in staying calm and connected and really being clear about what each person is talking about, what each person's point of view is. And that, my friends, is the speaker-listener technique. So I would encourage you to try it. Yes, you could have your husband listen to this episode and you could try it together like I might do in the counseling room with a couple, like kind of coach them through. Someone has the floor until you feel confident the other person hears you and understands you. You don't switch roles. Or you can just try this yourself when your husband tells you something. Try out what it's like to summarize it back to him to say, oh, yeah, I hear you, honey. Oh, man, you had a really hard day at work and you're just exhausted. Oh, that stinks. He doesn't, he doesn't need to know you're trying a technique, but see how that might change your communication when he comes home and tells you about his day to summarize it back to him in a short little um, a summary. <laughs> you don't need to say the whole thing. One of the key points though that I would highlight here is when we have the speaker role, like when it's my turn to share my point of view, you don't wanna just talk and talk and talk. It really works best if you make one point And you make sure they heard it, they understood it, and now they get to make one point. If you're trying to say five different things, it's just going to be so much harder for them to actually hear and understand all five points. So this technique kind of slows it down a little bit. But again, that really helps us get that clarity and that connection so that our conversation can move forward but I would love to know, you can hop into the Facebook group too. What are your tips? How do you communicate with your husband? Have you ever tried this technique? Um, I find it a lot of fun in the counseling room, but I fully acknowledge it's a little awkward at the beginning. It can take some practice. Um, But again, you don't have to tell them, like it doesn't need to be a big planned out technique. It can just be something that you start trying once in a while in your conversations and see how it might change the dialogue, how it might help your husband to feel heard and maybe even give him the encouragement to then reflect back to you. Like You might notice that some of this starts changing naturally without it needing to be a big sit down, let's try this technique conversation. But that can also maybe move a little bit quicker and see a bigger result. So it's a lot of fun. It's super helpful. And I am happy to answer any questions. Just hop into the Facebook group. If you're like, "Uh, I don't really understand this. I need more examples. I would love to answer those questions and share that with you. Let me close us, my friends, with a word of prayer and we will wrap up. Lord, I praise you that you are the perfect communicator. And I know we don't always understand. We don't always take time to listen. But Lord, I pray that you will forgive us of that and that you will fill us, Lord, with a desire to to hear, to understand, not simply to be understood, but to understand you and our kids and our husbands. And I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will fill our conversations in our home this week and continuing forward so that we will each have a heart, have a spirit of, of listening, of being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Lord, I pray for our communication, that it will reflect your love and your grace at all times. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Friends, that is all I have for you. Next week is Valentine's Day. And it is the wrap up of our little three week mini series. We are going to talk next week about forgiveness, a hot button issue, a critical issue. And um, it's going to be good stuff. All right, friends, make sure to come back next Tuesday for episode 65 as we look at the option, the question of forgiving and forgetting. Should we do that? Is that good? How do we do that? What does forgiveness really need to look like in a marriage over the long term? That is where we are going next week. And until then, hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.